Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Mike Moore and John Marshall, to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, you two. John, welcome for the first time. I, I appreciate the welcome. I'm glad to be here and looking forward to chopping it up about a couple of these uh Interesting stories that are happening in and around the world right now, man. All right. Well, let's let's not delay. Uh, let's get to it. Our first headline. Eight officers involved in the shooting death of Jalen Walker returned to work at the Akron Police Department. Go ahead and give us your your insight, John. Right. So just for a little bit of background, <clears throat> excuse me, on the situation. Uh, June 27th is when Jalen Walker was shot 46 times and not shot at, but actually hit 46 different times, 46 different bullets struck this young black man was shot at 90 times uh, by a total of eight officers. So we're already thinking that's complete overkill. Uh, what's happened since then is the department and the officers are under investigation for the entire incident. And just recently, this past week, they were on administrative leave and they are now back working in the police unit. Now, they're not on the beat per se. So they're not out policing and patrolling and doing traffic stops, which is what this stemmed from. But they're actually in the office doing administrative things, probably pushing some paperwork and pencils, pens, et cetera, et cetera. But the people are in an uproar because they are being allowed to come back to work. Um, I'm at a standstill or kind of like at a rock in a hard place because of the facts of the entire incident, which is what I like to go off, uh, Ramses, is the facts of everything. You know, we as journalists, we try to get to the truth. We try to make sure that we're looking at it objectively from both sides of things. So what I did was look at it from the police officer side and then from Jalen's side and his family's side as well. And what I came up with just a few things, man, the facts of the case are that Jalen got pulled over, number one. Uh, the facts of the case are that Jalen fled from police in the car. Number two, the facts of the case are that there was a muzzle 
shot the uh, a muzzle light from the car as he was being chased. The facts of the case, he hopped out of the car, ran, and the facts of the case, he had a ski mask on. Facts of the case, there was a gun in the car. So when you add all of those things together and you look at it from a law enforcement or police point of view, if I'm an officer and these police forces and units have to make split second decisions, I'm I'm worried about my life. If we've gotten to this level, you're running, obviously, for a reason. You have a ski mask on. I've already seen a muzzle fire come from your car. Look, I, I can't say and it may sound very callous. I can't say that I would not have shot, too. Because at that point, we're making split second decisions mm. and I'm either going home or he's going home. And I'm not the criminal in this instance. Mm. Now, when you flip it on the other end, 90 bullets and 46 shots, five of which hit him in the back, meaning he's running away. I have an issue with that. But in the same time, <laughs> dude, you did all of this and you got us on high alert. And then we find a gun in your car. So it's like, ah, where do you go? But the 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 question is, should they have come back on from administratively to work as admins in the office? And Ramsey's, I cannot say that I completely disagree with that while the investigation is going on. Those officers still have families to feed. Uh, it is tragic and horrible that another black man lost his life due to the police but you have to look at the facts surrounding the entire case before we start pointing fingers and protesting and 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 tearing up our own community. So that's just kind of where I stand with it. It's not right. It's not wrong. And in the case where somebody loses a life, it, it's just tragic. But, man, you got to look at what you did to get yourself in that position and hold yourself accountable. Obviously, Jalen can't do that because he's no longer with us. But that's where I kind of land with it, man. Well, I appreciate that, John. You came to the right place for that opinion. Uh, <laughs> Michael, you got something to add before I uh, retort? Well, first of all, I'd like to comment on uh, uh, what our colleague uh, just said. Uh, I think that was a very well-rounded view. And it's funny how I would chime in on that. Now, this is several years ago and a little bit earlier on in my career, but I've had an opportunity to um, actually do the mock drill that officers go through as part of a, a piece that I did. So even knowing that that was a drill and seeing the reaction and then putting myself through it, I, I kind of get it. And uh, I want to go through this in a multifaceted kind of way. Although I kind of understand, I understand that adrenaline and most people think that you're the person that you're pursuing they need to turn around and show the gun to shoot you. Well, I was in a drill where um, uh, a suspect was running and they simply had a gun in front of them and they just held up their arm while they were running and just shot behind them underneath their arm. Um, so I understand that the adrenaline that, that an officer is going, officer is going to, 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 to go through. And then I look at how many times does it take to bring a man down? Well, mm -hmm. I, I, I know what the commanding officers and the FTO, the field training officers, tell those officers because I was there during the drills. It isn't over until there isn't movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I will say. 
um, the police often get to shape the narrative, uh, especially when the suspect is killed at their hand. Um, I know we're talking about the officers returning to work, um, but I hesitate when it comes to accepting what police say as gospel truth. And I also hesitate when it comes to uh, blaming what is, in my opinion, the victim of police brutality. Um, a lot of things look bad when you don't have your day in court. And unfortunately, Jalen Walker will not have his day in court. But this is not the place where I will have enough time to really peel this apart. So I tell you what, for all our listeners, if you want me to dissect this further, uh, next week I will dedicate some time to responding appropriately uh, and fully fleshing out exactly why I feel this story is problematic. Black Information Network news anchors Mike Moore and John Marshall are here with us discussing this week's major stories. Moving on, uh, the Los Angeles council meeting audio leak scandal is growing as President Biden and others have called for the resignation of the city council members involved. And I know at least one of the people has resigned. Uh, Mike, why don't you give us more on this? Uh, yeah, this is an ever-changing uh, uh, story. Um, Nuri Martinez, who is mm -hmm. the um, president of the city, uh, LA City Council out there, um, there were remarks that was uh, made. Um, this is off the top of my head. I, I don't have any notes in front of me, but you know we've been doing this story for the last uh, three or four days. Sure, um, sure. And covering every uh, aspect of it. So forgive me if I if I miss a point here, but she she is a uh, uh, a Mexican of, of Latin descent, okay. and she was in a conference uh, where she kind of demeaned Mike Bonin, who was a council member, who has an adopted black son, and she recalled an incident where the child kind of acted out, and she said that. Um, if she had an opportunity, give her a couple of minutes, but then she straightened him out. And she also, in Spanish, called him a little monkey. Um, there were also disparaging remarks in that same conversation that didn't just liken uh, those kinds of uh, sentiments just to the little boy, the son of a, a councilman, uh, Mike Bonin, but it was of uh, Blacks, Jews, Armenians, and darker darker skinned Mexicans. So there's an outrage. There's a there's an outrage from across the, the across the country. President Biden denouncing it, wanting uh, everyone to 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 relinquish their positions. Yeah. Um, so this this has been a, a, a total mess, but it speaks to, I, I think, an underlying issue here, too. Who else who hasn't verbalized those kinds of sentiments within the council there and a broad sweep of the canvas here, a larger population who may not articulate those kinds of views, but feels them. Right. So th this really bothers me. And this is, this is, it, it's going to hurt economically. Not that this has anything to do, but I do believe this woman made like 280 grand a year. My goodness. Yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, you probably should look that up. I'm sorry. This is off the top of my head. Sometimes I just like to talk that way. No, no, uh, please. Just kind of preface what I just kind of preface what, what I'm saying that, you know, no notes are in front of me. Um, 
but this is ever changing because you still have uh, two more council members. Uh, that's going to be Kevin De Le Kevin De Leon, Kevin De Leon, yeah, and uh, Gil Cedillo. Uh, so they're they're on the hot seat. They're 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 council members, and they're they're not relinquishing their positions yet. But Nuri Martinez had stepped down as the president of the council, and the latest on this is she's out. John, you have any thoughts? Definitely, definitely. Um, <clears throat> first, Ramses, I want to say you're good, man. You, you, you are really good. And I would love to have. <laughs> yeah, you're good, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I'm looking at this from the other end. And Mike, I agree with everything that you were saying. It was inappropriate. It was wrong. It wasn't like she was at her house, you know, within the confines of her own private property, having these kinds of conversations or saying these kinds of things, which would still be wrong, but mm -hmm. she's acting in an official capacity. Mm -hmm. However, well, not however, in addition to that, what I found out was that throughout this conversation that Martinez, um, uh, De Leon and Cedillo were having, they were discussing the redistricting of certain districts in LA that would put Latinos in a better position over African-Americans. So what that does is that doubles down on the racist remarks that she made. And if you look up the definition of collusion, that's a secret or illegal uh, cooperation or conspiracy, especially in order to cheat or deceive others. Those three were colluding to redistrict LA together in order to place one uh, uh, demo of people above African-Americans. That I think is an equal or even bigger um, story that we have to make sure that we're touching on and we're talking about because now you are disenfranchising and already disenfranchised people even more. So the racist remarks, horrible. They're going to continue. She's not going to stop calling uh, little black boys little monkey. She's probably not going to stop saying the N word or any of those things like that. She should have stepped down. Those other two should as well. But I think we're missing that they were trying to redistrict. The reason why they were even having a whole conversation, those three of them, all three were our, our Latinos, were trying to redistrict LA to put Hispanic people in a better position over african-americans and right. again i think right. that just doubles down on the true racist nature of her comments and that it goes a little bit deeper than just calling mike bonin's adopted black son a little monkey so that that those are my comments on yeah. that i want to make sure that we don't miss that part yeah yeah i think that's that's important as well um you know there's there was something that happened some years ago it was uh h&m uh, they put a little black boy in a sweatshirt, hoodie, something like that. And the hoodie read, you know, coolest monkey in the jungle or oh, something like yeah, that. Remember. remember this? Yep. Yep. And I did some research into this. I had to actually talk on the radio about this. Um, and, you know, like you, I'm from a hip hop background. So I'm talking on hip hop radio about right. H&M, their clothing and this, you know, big thing. You know, uh, I like to think of myself as a uh defender of my people um and of all people but certainly my people um i go where there's the greatest need and oftentimes my people have been at the bottom of the the totem pole if you will so um in doing some research with this one i of course would never let anyone off the hook you know i charge everyone with learning to do better even myself and then doing better 
Um, but I recognize that H&M is a country that is based not in the U.S. I think they're mm. um, somewhere in Europe. It's a European country. And they don't have the same historical relationship. Uh, I think it might be Sweden or Switzerland or something, wherever they're from. But they don't have the same historical relationship with black people, brown skinned people, as we do in the United States. Um, their uh, racist ideas and tropes aren't the same as ours. And so they effectively just missed that one. Um, they did not know. This is what they said, and it sounded plausible. So, you know, I, uh, my grandmother is from Cuba. Um, so I grew up around Spanish speaking people quite a bit. Um, and in fact, Spanish was the first language I spoke. Don't ask me to speak it now, but you know, when I was little, that was <laughs> kind of how I grew up. That was what we did. Um, and I recognized that in a different language, something might hit a little different. You know, if you translate it verbatim in our language, it doesn't, it, it has a little bit of stank on it, you know, but in the, lang the language of origin, you know, where the, the values and the culture is a little different, it just evolved differently. It's not so bad um, in, in that context. So we use our American sensibilities to try to um, assign a value to what someone else is saying. Um, that is not to say that, uh, she did not say some very, very racist things and she was not trying to collude to, uh, you know, uh, change, you know, uh, and di further disenfranchise uh, black uh, voters and her constituents, um, because obviously that is the major crime. But I mean, what I'm saying is that the fact that folks were focusing on the monkey part, uh, her referring to the uh, little boy as a monkey and she said it in Spanish, um, I don't think that that's the, the major offense either. Rather, in terms of what she said, not what she was doing, because obviously what she was doing, um, the, the effects of that would be horrible. But she said something else. Um, if it wasn't her, it was one of them. Uh, they were condemning one of their uh, colleagues and they were saying, oh, yeah, that guy is for the blacks. And I think that that posture further or rather better illuminates exactly to your point, John, what they were trying to do and how they feel rather than calling the, the little boy a monkey. Uh, the fact that they said, and if it was someone else on the council, and then we lets us further know that someone else needs to resign. Um, I, again, I don't have my notes in front of me either for this one. Um, but I do remember when this first uh, broke, um, someone saying, oh, yeah, he him, he's for the blacks. And and the way that the, the context was they were posturing themselves to suggest that um, let's not align ourselves with that person because he will not further our agenda. Rather, he stands with the black people as though there's some sort of adversarial stance between those two communities. And in Los Angeles, it's very strange because in recent months, um, we've seen heightened tensions between blacks and Latinos out there, which is the strangest thing because, you know, when I was growing up in Los Angeles, it kind of felt like sort of like we're all we got. Um, we're in this together. And I think that over the years, sort of the prison culture um, where, you know, you kind of stick with your race that is kind of spilled more and more out into the streets and, you know, the elite uh, powers that be are loving that, you know, because they stand above everyone and they, they love it when there is no unity in uh, poor 
communities. And so um, it's it's very unfortunate. It's it's great that she's stepping down and that everyone is learning um, a lesson. Hopefully we'll get the right folks in, in place and position that are focused on bringing folks together rather than dividing us because we obviously in black and brown communities have a lot more in common than we do have uh, differences. Um, and we have a very long standing relationship, um, especially in the West Coast and in the Southwest. So um, we'll keep watching it and see what happens. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Black Information Network news anchors Mike Moore and John Marshall are here with us discussing this week's major stories.
All right, moving on. In the wake of Queen Elizabeth's passing, historical artifacts are being returned to Nigeria from the Smithsonian. Uh, John, why don't you give us a bit more on this one? All right, yeah, no problem. So in April of this year, the Smithsonian established what they call an ethical returns policy. So all of this is brand spanking new. Mm. This is where um, artifacts, artwork, and different pieces that were taken coercively or uh, unethically obtained are able to be returned to their appropriate uh, community, country, individual. And we know there is a history of the United Kingdom and Britain specifically, uh, almost with a manifest destiny kind of attitude, uh, going some years back, going out and conquering lands and taking things from Black people, brown people, and, and everybody else. So Nigeria is actually the first country that is getting the benefits of this ethical returns policy, where 29 of their artifacts from the Benin kingdom are being returned back to Nigeria. Awesome. Now, it's just my personal opinion. Now, first of all, there were over 5,000 stolen. So this is but a drop in the bucket of what should be happening. However, we do have to start somewhere, right? Uh, but 5,000 artifacts, that's a lot. And that's a lot of history. And, you know, history is written by those who win. So we we need all of that back. But Nigeria is the first country that this is happening to. And it just, it, it kind of pricked me because I, I've been to the Smithsonian before and you just walk around and you just think about all the people that are walking through those, those hallowed hallways and exhibits and seeing all of these amazing pieces done by, you know, generations past. But you have no idea that there is blood and 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 rape and and just colonization written all over it. It's like, well, how did y'all get these in the first place? Nobody asks those questions. They just look at the different artifacts and say, oh, wow, that's really nice. So I do not know who implemented or who was the catalyst of implementing this ethical returns policy, but I think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm looking forward to more people and more countries and more individuals getting back what is theirs. Now, it was just my personal opinion that it was because the queen had, you know, went on to glory that now, okay, look, y'all, let's try to right some wrongs here that have been happening. And let's start giving some stuff back to these countries that we know were taken. So that's just kind of where I stand on it. It was very opinionated that it happened right after the queen passed. But you know, timing is everything these days. So it's a really good thing that I think the Smithsonian is doing preserving history, but letting the people whose history it is preserve their history. You know, I think that that's uh, well said. You know, I, I've i been fortunate in my life to have done a good amount of traveling around the world. And uh, my name is Ramses. It's, it's, it's an Egyptian name. It's an Egyptian uh, has, has uh, history in that land. It means the son of the God of the sun. And so every throughout my whole life, all 40 of these years, people have uh, recommended that I go and check out such and such exhibit at whatever museum or, you know, if I'm in Paris, if I'm, you know, wherever I am. And I just kind of took it as being kind of normal in New York City at the Met, um, seeing all these Egyptian artifacts. And then uh, recently I went to Egypt and uh, was looking around at these ruins, you know, and anything that could not be taken was there. <laughs> You know, if it could be taken, it was gone and oh. it was all scattered around the world to the to the four mm -hmm. corners of the world. And I thought to myself recently, 
you know, what if I came over to Egypt and I walked into, you know, uh, a temple or a pyramid or something and they had on display George Washington's flute? How bizarre that would be. And wouldn't I feel like, dang, doesn't that belong in D.C. somewhere in a museum? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So um, so this is great that this is happening. Uh, We need more of this and we should be able to this would encourage certainly more uh, traveling, tourism. And, um, you know, the truth is, you know, the treasures of these countries, they sort of belong with these countries. So the fact that uh, the Smithsonian is taking these steps and I know that there has been some conversations with respect to. a lot of the museums in in Paris, or sorry, in uh, Europe as well, about returning some of the artifacts. Uh, a big claim is that they don't want to return uh, the the um, artifacts because they don't believe that, let's say, the Nigerians can preserve them as well as they could, which is entirely uh, unethical and unfounded. But um, you know, it, it looks like the push is is gaining some momentum. So hopefully we'll see a world where, you know, countries get their history back and they get to tell their stories in their own way, because that's only fair. I Again, imagine seeing George Washington's flute in the pyramid. You know, it, it feels like it belongs somewhere close to where he was born or where he grew up. So just my thoughts. All right. And then last but not least, let's talk about the uh, personal attacks and slander that are front and center instead of the issues in the Georgia Senate and governor races. When are we finally going to focus on the issues voters need to know? Mike, let's start with you. This is so disturbing. And I, and I, and I, uh, <laughs> I smile nervously and, and I don't mean to demean the process or the fact that you have two Afri- African-American men uh, one an incumbent, the other vying for a seat, and and the conversation that you hear is deplorable. It it it's simply deplorable, and I and I say this only from a small sample. Um, I've heard from three people who I know, and they're all females, and they're all females, and uniformly, what the females have said. So this is how. People view African-American men. They abuse their love interest, their female love interest in in, in these cases, and they can't control their temper. This is derived from allegations that uh, Raphael Warnock's wife said that uh, um, the, the pastor once tried to run her over with his car. And this is used in campaign, in campaign literature, as well as the television ads, which run crazily, like every five to 10 minutes, quite frankly. And then on the other end, uh, you've got Herschel Walker, um, who has admittedly uh, had some issues with mental health. Um, He has had his wife on the screen saying that he held a gun to her head and threatened to kill her and blow her head off. You know, uh, that, that's the uh, vernacular of it, uh, that, the, that he wanted to blow her head off. He mm-hmm. has a son that says that he is abusive. So you've got all this going on that plays into this is what we're vying for. I've heard nothing about agendas other than the fact that um, Herschel Walker was um, against abortion. Now you've got the controversy. Well, he's against abortion, but uh, a young woman came uh, forward uh, 
and said that he insisted that she get an abortion. Then that later, later we learned, or allegedly this woman is um, uh, someone that he was married to. Mm. So it, it pains me, it, quite frankly, it pains me that this is what we're, we're about and we're vying for what? A U.S. Senate seat in one instance and keeping a U.S. Senate seat in the other instance. It pains me. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, it took us uh, so long to get in a position politically to even be recognized as equals, number one, just to vote, first of all, right? Much less run for a public office, uh, Senate, you know, governor, uh, any, any public office. And I get why these campaigns are being or, or these these smear campaigns are being ran. Um, the white people do it to each other. Uh, it hurts more, especially being a black man, when it feels like we're doing it to ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but I say I understand it to a certain extent. Because before you can make any change or implement your program or uh, uh, make any or influence any laws, you have to get into the seat first. Um, right. So eh, politics are dirty, dirty game, dirty game. I, I could and would never. Right. <laughs> I, I like being behind a mic or a camera because I can do my thing and just keep it moving. Politics is a dirty game. Mm. Um, but I do not like seeing two black men going at each other uh, like that. But you have to sit back and ask, is it rough? Well, I mean, yeah, they do have to approve it. Is it Raphael Warnock going at Herschel Walker? Is it Herschel Walker attacking Raphael Warnock? Is it their camps attacking each other? And again, you got to get in office before you can make any change. I have no idea what Herschel Walker's running points are because we don't see anything like that. Somebody who I think is doing a good job of that is uh, Stacey Abrams. Now, whether she'll win or not, we want our girl in there. Mm -hmm. But her commercials are not necessarily attack. Or no, well, they're not attacking anybody. She's outlining. These are my plans. Check my numbers. Go to my website. See my plan for this. See my plan for that. I think we should see more of that from both of the candidates at the same time. It, it's always right. You know, yin and yang, black and white. Uh, at the same time, if you're coming at me and saying I have pulled a gun on my wife, I have paid for this abortion, da da da. Don't you have to respond in some way? You know, so I, it is very unfortunate that it's two black men. And I think that's why it hits home for uh, Ramses, you, Mike, you and myself, as well as our, our black women out there, too. But it's that's the dirty game of politics, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the uh, the thing is, um, you are in Georgia. And so you Correct. get to see the on the ground man TV ads, it's everywhere you know. it's everywhere. I, I believe it i believe it and and i'm i'm not in georgia so i don't i don't see that i just get like the national headlines and uh from where i sit um in terms of uh, the uh senate seats um there's one person who is a very clear front runner in my mind yep. and one person who is very much problematic um, Agreed. And you're right. They are both black men. And so um, it is unfortunate to see that, you know, we who would think that the day would come when we would have to talk bad about 
Herschel Walker. But <laughs> the fact is, is that, you know, he's kind of positioned himself and aligned himself with a certain facet of this country um, that has not been as honorable uh, at, in recent years as we've known them to be. They, they once were the party of law and order. And, and I'm, I'm not sure what to refer to our our very, very conservative uh, brothers and sisters these days. But, you know, I'm sure they're finding their way. And Herschel Walker just happens to be a person with a very complicated past. It's now on full display. And, uh, you know, a lot of women find that problematic and so forth. But as a black man, I will always say that I'll speak in, in general terms. You know, black men, we've had to deal with a lot and we've overcome a lot. You know, um, mm -hmm. the, the absent father myth. I think that that fortified us, that made us better, better fathers than, than ever. Um, the, you know, crack, you know, we were associated with crack and gangs for a very long time. We had to overcome a lot of stereotypes, a lot of nonsense or whatever. Um, the fact that we were rapists and, you know, these are much older stereotypes, but, you know, violent tendencies, that sort of stuff. Um, the fact that we overcame a lot of those stereotypes and some we're still working on, of course, um, you know, I'm proud of us. And, you know, when I look at this campaign race, I feel like a lot of these, um, this mudslinging is based in really dated stereotypes and it's bringing up and uh, kind of inflaming uh, a base that hasn't quite caught up to um, mm. the, our, our current standing in this country. They still have a very dated view of us. And so a lot of these these attack ads are kind of trying to play up old stereotypes that we have long since overcome. But unfortunately, there's a voter base in Georgia that perhaps will still respond to that. And all you have to do is be black and close enough to to one of those words, one of those uh, buzzwords. And, you know, it might influence these people's votes. So um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I'm I mean, you know how I feel, so I don't need to say it again. So we'll leave it right there. OK, thank you both very much for your insight. Once again, today's guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Mike Moore and John Marshall. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cypher this weekend on a station near you. For stations, showtimes, and podcast info, check civiccypher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.